0: Welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. This is an up-close look at the students, faculty, and administrators who make York College unique. This weekly show shines a spotlight on the programs and people here at YCP. This week's host is Jeffrey Schiffman. And welcome to WVYC's Perspectives. And today we are going to be talking with the York College, writer-in-residence this year, actually a former York College professor, uh, taught creative writing here back in the arts, right? I guess is what yeah. we should call it now. And uh, she is also MFA program at the University of Baltimore. Her name is Marian Winnick. First of all, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. I know you got a busy schedule.
1: Oh, I'm so happy to be here.
0: All right. Well, uh, and, and right at the start, you mentioned uh, one of the things you wanted to talk about was was radio. Uh, you, you, you really have a background in radio or spent a lot of time in radio. Um, how did how did that happen, and wh- So
1: how it happened is, um, I, when I was living in Austin, Texas, and I was first starting to write personal essays, and I was, uh, they were being published in the local alternative newspaper, the Austin Chronicle. And John Burnett, who was the uh, Austin-based reporter for um, All Things Considered, I didn't know him at the time, but he was reading the Austin Chronicle, and he, he started reading some of these essays. So he sent me a, a postcard, because this is before email, um, He said uh, that said maybe I should come over to his house. He had a studio in his house, and I could record a couple of them, and he would take them up to Washington, and maybe I could be on one of the NPR shows. Like, this was a pretty big break for me. So the second I got the postcard, I called the number on it and his wife said, "Oh, you just missed him. He was sent to Iraq to co- cover operation Desert Storm." <laughs> so he was gone for 6 months and you know, I developed my own personal vendetta against Saddam Hussein, of course. But um he came back and he did it by now we're up to May of um 91, I think, and he I recorded two pieces. One of them was about like just heat and how hot it was in Texas and then the other one was about um rate I'm Jewish, my husband's Catholic, we're Yankees, we live in Austin, it was about this like culture clash type thing. Anyway, the day that he took it up to Washington to play it, they were having a huge heat wave in Washington. So they really went for the one about the heat, and they put it on, all things considered, that very day. So... This is back when David Sedaris, Bailey White and Ellen Gilchrist and other writers were doing these little four minute segments at the end of they like, you know, at the end of the half hour of news. Right. Right. So they would have a feature. So my I started being one of those people. And for 15 years, I um, was contributing to All Things Considered. And then they basically phased out this type of thing. Like Andre Kodresky was another person, but they don't really have it anymore. And um, but now I have my own uh, show that's based at the w- the NPR station in Baltimore, WYPR, and it's called the Weekly Reader, and it's a book review show. And every week for four minutes, I pick two books that you should read.
0: So you so you you, st- you got the radio bug long time ago, and you still have it, right?
1: Yes, I mean for me, I love uh, reading out loud, and I love I think the voice voice is like the where where you can hear people's soul. So. I love radio.
0: We are talking with uh, Marion Winnick. Marion is the YCP writer in residence here at York College, and a former York College uh, professor of creative writing uh, in the arts. When, when, ha, ha, do you always had you always wanted to be a writer? Were you always somebody that was interested in writing? Uh, how did you come to that?
1: Well, it's really I have always been a writer. When I was eight years old, I had a pen name, Tracy Beth Richardson. And under the pen name Tracy Beth Richardson, I wrote dozens and dozens of poems that my father had them, his secretary typed them up. And I had a little notebook full of my poems and I did poetry readings. And um, actually, I did a one woman show a couple of years ago about this whole Tracy Beth Richardson, because I came upon the notebook with all these poems I wrote um, when I was eight and nine years old. And it was, you know, very, it was during the Vietnam War. I was quite the little... Protester and um, I was so emotional and sad about everything and poetry was my the way I expressed myself So it never I never really stopped um, from that time. I wrote poetry my first book When I in my 20s was poetry and then I sort of came upon this idea of writing true stories about my life kind of at the same time a lot of other people did the mid 90s when we first had it used to be that if you went to study creative writing you would study either poetry or fiction There was no creative nonfiction, but in the mid '90s, um, that's when I and many other people started writing true stories about our lives, and um, and that's what I've been doing ever since.
0: So you call it creative uh, nonfiction. Can you kind
1: of tease that out for us a little bit? Uh, What what do you mean? I mean, um, well, as opposed to regular nonfiction, which would be like history and sociology, and even um, you know, so creative nonfiction is a, a, a where it, it a lot of it is memoir so it's um where people are writing a, like a book that could really be like a novel except that what happened in it is true and um creative non-fiction has a, a range of allegiance to fact like narrative non-fiction like um books that are researched and this is also you know it we're we're on the border of that and um and some uh creative non-fiction has is um, has a stronger, you know, is fact checkable, but there's parts of creative nonfiction that are more creative, and um, and so the it, it, memory and imagination play a role. So if it's it's not, it's quite it's where it, what it's not is journalism. It's not the true fact, the true story of what happened according to the facts on record. It's someone's subjectivity, you know, filtering through whatever.
0: interpretation, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so. <laughs> How do you come up with an idea for writing on something? Is it, does it have to happen to you, or do you observe it? Uh, what, what's your style for that?
1: Well, it's varied over my pretty long career, but I mean, what, what kind of happened is my first seven books are some sort of memoir um, where I'm kind of at the center of the story, and I basically used up my life, and, um, and even even with my crazy life, it could it's finite. And I, um, so that's when I started writing these books of the dead, which I'm going to be reading from, which are 400-word portraits of people that I knew who died. And it can be anyone from my mother and father to people like my son's second-grade teacher, who I didn't know very well, but I heard died. And then there's famous people like David Bowie and Lou Reed, and um, there's also some Animals and inanimate objects, but the, so the the every one of them is about a person who's not with us anymore that I have a connection to, and I tell this story in 400 words or less. So the pieces are right on the border of some would call it flash, which is flash essay, like super short, but it also could, they could be called prose poems. And um, so that's the way I you know I got I sort of moved myself out of the burning spotlight of the I I I and. St- Stand on the edge a little bit with these portraits of other people. But, I mean, I've also done, you know, researched articles for magazines and all that kind of stuff, too.
0: We are talking with uh, your college writer-in-residence, uh, Marion Winnick. Marion, um, so you mentioned your book, uh, which is the, the latest book, is The Big Book of the Dead, but before that, there was the big book of Baltimore Dead or something along no, no. those lines. <laughs> well, it,
1: it started with the Glen Rock Book of the Dead. <laughs> okay. Glen Rock is a town in southern York County. Yeah, a lot just of people down are. the road. Oh, absolutely, we all and, know that. Um, and I lived there for uh, ten years, and during the time I lived in Glen Rock, I was kind of isolated. I um, didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't, and um, I started uh, this project of writing these things about people that I knew who were dead. I and I think it really did have something to do with being kind of isolated. And it was almost like um, spending the day with this person from my past that I would, um, you know, write about. And so Glenrock, the, that is a little skinny book that came out in, um, I think, 2009. And then um, in 2017, I realized that it, I, I loved writing the Glenrock Book of the Dead. It was one of the most incredible experiences. And I, the reception of it's been great. And it's taught in a lot of schools and stuff and so 10 years later i i was still thinking i just want to do another book like the glenrock book of the dead what what could be kind of like that and then i realized that in the 10 years that had passed plenty more people had died so i could just (laughs) write a whole new one and that's what i did i wrote the baltimore book of the dead and that's and then what happened is when they one year later when it was time to put baltimore in paperback i said these two books really should be together because they're all part of my life and um so the big book is that those two books, everything that's in them, plus I wrote uh, twelve new ones because more people had died in the one year that <laughs> had passed. What a surprise! Right, yeah, right. So yeah, that's what how, what they are. So the big book is really the compendium of, of the whole of the whole thing.
0: When when you picked and and uh, when you picked somebody for uh, the books, uh, were you looking for a specific story or just? you just wrote a story about them uh, wrote,
1: no I mean I, I always t- I always tell like how I know them how they're you know I'm in it somehow okay and then I always tell how they died and then other than that it can be very different types of things Um, you know it can be I, I did a, a lot of research I mean I definitely so I talked to the family members or I talked to the people that had a stake in it and um, and Then I would decide how to do it. Like in one case, I wanted to write about the mother who of a a childhood friend of mine who had recently died. But when I started talking to her, I realized that I really couldn't tell the mother without telling the father. And her father had died of AIDS, and it wasn't a well-known thing. And this girl was very private, but she said that it was okay for me to write about it. So that one became the perfect couple. That's one of the only ones that has more than one person in the piece, Um, and uh, really. There is no any, you know, as long as I I know the person, they can be in it because somehow I can find the the story. And that's what's kind of amazing is that the story and because they're so short, but there's a lot of story in them. Uh, My son, the dentist that my kids used to go to died. And I heard that he died in a motorcycle accident in Mexico. And so I started finding out. And the more I found out about it, the more intense it was. His 12-year-old daughter was on the bike. There was a lot of dispute about why it happened. And anyway, it turned into this you know, much more sort of mythical type thing that um, I never saw coming until it was there.
0: What's the reaction sometimes of the, uh, of the family members of those people?
1: Well, they're usually involved. So I'm usually going back and forth with them, and I will t- change words until they're happy about it. Um, it's really, really important to me that the people be okay with it. So they're sort of collaborative in that way. Um, I've never asked someone if I could write about their dead loved one and have them say no. <laughs> so, I mean, people want, and I don't use names, so there's also a little bit of privacy. But one of the in. things that really touches me is, um, I wrote about a, one of my son's friends who hap- died like on the day of their high school graduation in a car accident. And, um, his family loves this book so much because there's, you know, there's, this is a thing that preserves their boy. And, um, like every time I do a reading in their town, the whole family comes and they buy all these, you know, and it's just, so for the, for some people that don't have a writer in the family, you know, and it's, a, it's real, it's special that someone wrote about the person.
0: We are talking with Marion Winnick. I'm going to ask you one last question, and and it's not necessarily begin, going to be about your writing. Uh, but how has and and you've we we've discussed this beforehand, as you do with most uh, interviews. How has uh, COVID impacted you, and how maybe has it impacted uh, your writing? Obviously, you know, I I suspect that there might be some some things that you could put in a book later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. Um. True. I mean, if I do ever do another book of the dead, I'm sure there'll be some. Covid in it. Um, I because I uh, live alone at home, and uh, you know I'm a book reviewer, and uh, most of the things I do, I sit. I'm sitting on my couch all day anyway. I didn't have as much of a change in my life as other people, and I was very fortunate that nothing terrible happened to me. Um, and well, I, I just interviewed the writer Ann Patchett, and she said something interesting. She said um, she was about to start a novel when lockdown started. And when COVID hit and she couldn't, she, she decided not to start, she couldn't bring herself to start the novel because she was afraid that, that she would die while she was writing it and that it would never be finished and that these characters would never come to life. So she did not write the novel. And in fact, she's just going to start it now. But all through the pandemic, she wrote essays and um, personal essays, which are just published in a new book coming out of Thanksgiving called These Precious Days. But she uh, seemed to say that Ess- personal essays were the perfect form for the pandemic because um, you know it, it, we're writing about like retrieving from our, the memories of things that have happened in the past and saving them and preserving them and so yeah I was already writing essays that just kept going
0: <laughs> you just kept going Marian Winnick thank you very much we really appreciate your time uh, and and You can check out her work. Uh, The Big Book of the Dead is available, I'm I'm assuming, anywhere.
1: And um, if you want to go to all there's tons of info there, and there's a way to sign up for my mailing list if you want.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for WVYC's Perspectives. The program airs weekly on Mondays and Fridays at 9 o'clock. Public Affairs program is also available as a podcast at wvyc.podbean.com. Jeffrey Schiffman serves as the Executive Director of Perspectives. We hope you join us again for this in-depth look at the York College community.